Do you hate listening to the same 10 songs over and over during long car drives? Do you have an itching to escape your mundane job without actually leaving your job? Or do you wish you could read a good book, but you just don't have the time? Hello my friends, I'm Daniel with the Temple of Geek, and I'm here to tell you that I have a solution for your book reading needs. That solution is Audible. Yes my friends, Audible is here to save you on those long car trips and boring work days with over 180,000 titles for you to choose from. Today, you, the listeners of Temple of Geek Podcast, get an even sweeter deal. By heading over to audible.com forward slash podcast, you can sign up for a free 30-day trial on us. You can start downloading a book today on your Android, iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player. So what are you waiting for? Head over to audible.com forward slash podcast and get your free 30-day trial started today. Enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. geek. Welcome to this week's episode of the Temple of Geek Podcast. I'm Daniel, and with me as always are Monica and Stacy. And on this episode, we're going to talk about a subject that's been kind of bothering me and maybe some of you guys. Um, We're going to talk about uh, just... I guess you would call it toxic fandom. But before we get onto that subject, around the mics, I kind of want to go around, and we haven't been on the air in a while. I just want to kind of see what everybody's been up to. So uh, let's start with Monica. Monica, you've been attending a bunch of cons lately. I have, and I'm exhausted. I did three conventions, three weekends, back to back. They were awesome. I had a good time, but it is it wears on you, especially when the conventions are like two or three days. You know. Yeah. Now, now which, and so we had, which ones did you go to? I went to Stanley's Kamikaze. I went to BlizzCon, and I attended a designer con. Now I know it's. I'm sorry, it was Stanley's LA Comic Con. They used to call it Kamikaze. It's LA Comic Con now. Yeah, I know which right. one that one is, but what is designer con? Designer con. I had heard about it last year. Um, I wasn't very familiar. I went in with absolutely no expectations. And it's just a convention that revolves around um, artists and different vendors. So it's artists of all kinds. Some are geeky, some are not. Um, But it was the biggest collection of unique vendors I have seen at any convention in a very, very long time. Um, what I notice at some of our local conventions is that you get the same vendors and the same stuff being sold at every con. Mm-hmm. And this was really unique because this was a vendors from across the country. There was a lot of art display, mobile murals, things like that. It was really, really interesting. Something different I hadn't ever been to before. Um, we provided some photos on the website. If you go to the templegeek.com, we, uh, I posted some of the photos that we uh, took of some of the art there. And that's awesome. where you finally got to meet uh, Dave, right? Finally. Now, how was that yes. experience? <laughs> and for those nice. of you who don't know, Dave Hasaka is one of our uh, Temple of Geek members. He's our manager on our website. Um, him and Monica met up at uh, Designer Con. So did you actually hang out? No, unfortunately, we were both very busy. Um, I came in with my family, and he was waiting for other friends. So we met briefly. Um, he exchanged, like... He handed over my press pass and uh, then we, you know, we talked briefly and, you know, we split ways, Uh, but it was very nice to meet him. And it's funny because even though I had never met him in person, it didn't feel that way. It kind of felt like I'd known him forever. That's awesome. 
and he's a lot taller than I anticipated. That's funny. How tall? How tall is he? So we can all know. I don't know how tall he is, but I'm going to go ahead and guess he's close to six feet because he kind of towered over me. Oh, I was going to say, how tall are you? I'm five three. I'm a little shorty, so everyone is he, way taller. He could, yeah, he could have been five six, and I would have thought he was six foot. So <laughs> she was like, "He's a giant." Oh my gosh, <laughs> Stacy, you're like six one, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, it'll be like visiting the Shire. <laughs> uh, speaking of Stacy, what's been going on with you, man? Well, fortunately, I've gotten to see a lot of movies. I have not gone to any cons, though, so, unfortunately. But there's not a whole lot in my area. The big one, which passed last month, was Dragon Con. Um, and I, I did, no, I did not make it to that one. Um, it's right at the beginning of football season here in the Southeast Conference, and so you kind of have to choose one or the other. And I chose football, so. Um, but, it's like yeah. Like I'm not a I, true I, geek. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I got to see pictures, um, and I did. Uh, I did do a couple more things on my costume. So it's uh, you know about how many years and four years in the making now. As long and, as you've uh, been with Temple of Geek, I know. Yeah, so it's at least four years in the making, and I'm almost done with it. So yeah. now, um, now this, yeah. is, this is for your final submission to the to the uh, probably. Five yeah, first, right? The, the Star Wars, yeah, costuming uh, club. And so, I mean, I could already get into the Mandalorian Mercs if I wanted to, which is kind of the other big... Well, there's the there's the uh, Rebel... Uh, I think it's the Rebel Legion. Uh, or Rebel... Uh, I'm trying to think what the uh, Rebel version of it or the uh, the good guys version of it. But it's basically the sister or sister costuming club to the 501st. And and uh, they do only you know Rebel Alliance costumes, mm-hmm. and um, but the Mandalorian Mercs is strictly Mandalorian style armor, and they've got very specific costuming, and and it's actually really cool what they do. But um, you have multiple categories of Mandalorian armor, and you got different classes you could be. Uh, you can I mean like for instance the Jedi. Um, the Jedi hunters are Mandalorians who just hunt Jedi's, and so they have a lot of Jedi uh, trophies that mm-hmm. they'll have on their armor. So that a lot of times they'll just carry around all of their lightsabers that they've taken from other Jedi. That's cool. Um, and they also have like specific armor to protect. And if you go into the lore and all this, it explains why. But they'll have armor that just protects like their neck. Uh, because it's like the only exposed portion of their body that's not covered in armor, and so uh, and it's and it's because of what happened to Django. <laughs> ah. and, uh, yeah, so they have specific armor to prevent that from happening. But it also explains why Django didn't have that armor on because he wasn't specifically a Jedi hunter; um, he was a different class. Uh, they even have a class that's specifically for beast hunting, and so he'd have nets, and he's got these spears and a bunch of other weapons that are specific to hunting. So it's actually really cool, and there's there's guidelines on how to create that armor. And I could already uh, submit mine to the Mandalorian Mercs if I wanted to. But so so anyway. what is your armor representative of? Mine is, is old Mandalorian. Um, I don't have vents on my helmet like Boba Fett does, and uh, so it's a, it's a very specific type of, of uh, 
Mandalorian, at least the bucket is, or the helmet. The rest of it is, uh, I'm my character is Jaster Mareel, and he's part of the expanded universe or the Legends portion of, of the lore. But in the Legends version of it, uh, he is the one that's responsible, and he's only in the comic books. He Actually, he's mentioned twice, if we just want to get into the history of it. He's mentioned twice. Once he's mentioned in a 1990s book. That was a it was a chrono it was a bunch of short stories. Uh, I think it's tales, uh, tales from the Bo- tales of the bounty hunters or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'd have to go back and look. I own it, uh, so I have to go back and look. But anyway, it's a bunch of short stories, and, and it talks about all of the bounty hunters that uh, were in the Empire Strikes Back, and it gives a backstory of Zuckus and and of uh, uh, oh the IG eighty eight, you know the the robot mm-hmm. of of uh, Dengar, all of them. yeah, yeah, Dengar, and and it talks, it ties Dengar's story to Han Solo, uh, and that's why Dengar wears the garb on his head is because he got in this wreck racing Han Solo, uh, and it, it and there's a story with Chewbacca and uh, the lizard. Oh man, why is my Bosk. brain not working? Bosk, yeah. So Bosk and and uh, Chewbacca have a history. But Jaster Mareel was an alias that Boba Fett used when he went to other planets. Mm-hmm. Well, later on in the mid-2000s, there was a comic book that had Jaster Mareel as an actual character on Mandalore. And he was Mandalore, uh, if I'm not mistaken. He led. He was the leader of the Mandalorian people. And he, he was the one who mentored Jango Fett. Okay. And so my armor is very, it's very, uh, it's a very specific look. I don't have a I don't have a jetpack like Boba Fett or or Django. Um, he carries dual blasters instead of a a, a rifle like uh, Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't match like Django did. Django had two matching blasters, and Jaster has a modified Rebel blaster and another one. See, I'm getting my geek cred back. Since- <laughs> <laughs> you certainly are. Yes. So anyway. <laughs> Um, so I, I have, I have to add a couple things to my, a couple things to my gauntlets and it'll be finished. So well done. Yeah. He's posted pictures of it before, so you need to probably post a new picture of it so we can kind of see what the final outcome is. I do. Well, I wore it to Halloween. I wore it to Halloween to teach class in, uh, this year. So yeah, I showed up to, I showed up to work and then I put on my armor and went and taught class. That's awesome. Were you not hot in your armor? Like, did well, you actually make it the whole day? No. Well, I took it off after class. It was more of the spectacle for class, and then I took it off because I can't sit at my desk. And I snapped. I accidentally popped one of the buttons off of the armor, and so it'll have to be reglued. Uh, um, but you know, a- anytime you see those guys and and any of the people in their armor, it's relatively fragile. I mean, uh, if something were to happen and, and stuff breaks and falls apart all the time. Mm-hmm. So I I try to and and my wife actually has done the majority of the work in in uh you know helping epoxy these buttons on and then helping line it up and sewing because a lot of times I have to be wearing it so you can line up the armor appropriately so That's I can't funny. do both right <laughs> and this but. is your first full cosplay right right it is it is my first and it, it <laughs> after and you four spared years, no expense apparently. <laughs> No. And once you get into it, though, you see how deep that rabbit hole goes. 
Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. But but I think it's really really it's awesome. It's cool. Um, I can't wait to actually be able to wear it to a con and have people recognize the character. Sometimes they will, I'm sure. Sometimes they won't. You know that the Star Wars fans and the and the Five Hundred First will. But um, and that's enough for me. So that's awesome. But yeah, that and uh, and I also have been watching a lot of movies. So seeing Justice League, uh, I watched Thor, and I also watched Murder on the Orient Express. Now, how was oh. that? I really, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, my wife and I went and watched that as well, and so it was uh, kind of our date night movie, and it was really good. I mean, it's got a great cast, and. I realize it's a remake, but and it's a book that's a hundred years old, uh, so it's not like there's spoilers in it. But it was just done really, really well. So nice. Sounds like a good date night. It is. It really is, and it's a you know it's kind of a mystery, but it's not scary. It's just like it's just a good movie that kind of makes you think, and um, you know it's a it's kind of a it's a thriller mystery like Clue, only less humor. <laughs> What about you, Daniel? What about you, Daniel? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't really been doing much. I've seen a couple movies, kind of like Stacy. I saw Thor and Justice League. Um, I've been kind of going deep into the Netflix rabbit hole. Uh, mm-hmm. Been start. I started Punisher, which is actually a really good series. I totally recommend it if you haven't watched it yet. Absolutely. I've only seen five episodes, but I absolutely would recommend it. Yeah, it's it's. I will be doing that Thanksgiving weekend is watching Punisher. Yeah, it's 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 pretty amazing so far. Um, not kid friendly. Definitely, no, I'm def- sure. <laughs> definitely not kid friendly. No, it's yeah. the least kid friendly of all of them. Yes, it's. Right. Uh, there's some very, very bloody scenes in that, especially in the first five minutes. Um, well, really, none of those are kid friendly. None of the Netflix. There's, a, there's explicit uh, uh, love scenes. Almost. Yeah, it ended one episode and you picked up right in the next episode. I was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, been watching those. And then I, so I started going down the rabbit hole of Netflix, like I mentioned earlier. And I stumbled across this show called Blazing Transfer Student. And oh. I'm about five episodes into it. And it's, <laughs> so it's, it's an anime. Um, it's a it's a live the, the best way I could describe it is it's a live action anime. So it's live it's, action anime. Yeah. So picture like an anime, like how crazy and an, you know the crazy antics and like you know the slapping and like the words appearing on the screen and and like the yeah. big eyes and the weird, but in live action. <laughs> how does that even work? I don't know, but it works really well and it's hilarious. Um, that's funny. It's about these, uh, seven students. They're all named the same name, uh, Kataro or however you say his name. And they get, they get transferred to this school that they, you find out it's this, uh, school of secret, uh, trained uh, agents that go into other schools and fix problems. Um, I, apparently this is based off of a manga that came out back in the eighties and the main, the principal or the Dean or whatever you want to call it. He is a, a life-size action figure. 
of the, okay. <laughs> of the character from the manga and just some of the stuff that happens in that show. I mean, I, I'm just, it's, it's all subtitled. So if you don't like to read, it's probably not going to be for you, but it's just, it's some of the dumbest stuff I've ever seen, but it's hilarious. I mean, I just, I can't stop watching it. Um, it's cool. So, it sounds fun. Yeah. It's, it's funny. It's, it really is. Um, you know, like one of the episodes, they go to the school where, uh, the school has been feeding these kids curry to make them smarter. And, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the, the, one of the side effects. From if the, only it was that easy. One of the side effects of the curry is it turns them into zombies at nighttime. So. Always the. <laughs> of course, know, the because because of course. But yeah, it's really dumb, but it's really dumb in a fun way. So I, I, I've been kind of enjoying it. So I've been watching episodes here and there between between Punisher. Um, yeah. And you know, like I said earlier, I, I saw uh, Justice League and Thor. Thought both of them were pretty good. Uh, if I had to rate the two, I'd probably say Thor was probably my favorite out of the two. Easily, as far um, as I'm concerned. But Justice League actually was pretty good, um, and we'll probably talk about that on another episode. I'm very optimistic and happy that you said that because, you know, with Wonder Woman being so great and all the other DC movies not being so great, I was kind of on the fence about even if I would even go watch Justice League. But... um Hearing that it's pretty good, I don't expect it to be amazing, but you know, well, worth I'm, the the price of taking an entire family to the movies. Because let me tell you, that's a lot of money. <laughs> oh yeah, it definitely <laughs> oh, is. Yeah, yes, it is. I don't like, even look at the price tag. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> the one thing I will say about the movie was, and I noticed this. I don't know if you did, Stacy, but when watching Justice League, you could tell when Zack Snyder filmed the scenes and when Joss Whedon filmed the scenes. Yeah, I think that's... Is it that odd? It, it's, it doesn't seem like it flows very well between the two cuts. So, I, I don't know. It's just weird. Like, the the opening, straight up, you could tell that was Joss Whedon. And if I'm wrong, then strike me down. But that, No, it was. Um, that opening scene was definitely a Joss Whedon scene. And then it goes right into what looks like what Zack Snyder would have filmed. So, it's just... It's, sure. it's, it's really weird. Um, and the, that's a and problem the, I had I think, with... I'm sorry. I'm sorry, go ahead. You said that's no, a problem I was Everybody at one time. <laughs> I was just saying that that was a problem that I had with Defenders, where um, it didn't flow very well because I felt like they kept trying to like um, you know film it in the style of Jessica Jones for a second, and then um, Iron Fist, and then Luke Cage, and so like the way that it kept coming through, it just looked choppy to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and they and they just I don't think they could figure out what the tone was supposed to be for Iron Fist, but that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Iron Fist. <Yeah>. <laughs> Poor Iron Fist, yeah. So, but, but, but that is definitely yeah. one thing that you do notice is you can notice the, the different takes between the two directors. Um, I, I was going to say the end to me was definitely Joss Whedon. Are you talking about, now, this isn't going to be spoilers, so make sure you stay to the very end because there's two end credit scenes. Are, are yes. You, are you talking about the first end credit scene? No, I'm just talking about the end, like the end of the movie. Oh, proper, okay. And then, yeah. Well, I was like that first end credit scene. I was like, that's definitely Joss Whedon. But the second one, I was like, oh, I don't know. Is that is that? Yeah. <laughs> but I would I would totally give that second one to Zack Snyder, and I don't think I would have. Um, you know that that would be a stretch. But yeah, I definitely recommend that you watch it at least once, um, and it's going to be one that I'll pick up. And I would probably have to say it's probably going to be one of my favorites of the DC movies so far. 
Um, yeah. Well, it's not too hard to be one of the favorites. On the <laughs> it's it's kind of why I laughed a little bit, but you know, um, they're five movies in and three have been bombs. I really can't say Man of Steel wasn't really a bomb. Man of Steel was good. It just wasn't like I bought it. I thought it was great. I liked it, but it's not something I rewatched. I yeah. rewatched it. I just I. I'm still to this day, and if you've listened to old podcasts, you would hear me talk about this. I just did not agree with Superman killing Zod. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, the Superman that we know and love would have figured out a way to not do that. I rationalized it. I I totally think that in this context, you could rationalize it as being the 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 turning point for him. Oh, and, I and agree. why you know. But you're right. I think that in this universe, but if you've if you've read the Injustice comics or played the game, have you have you read that? I think we talked about this in, in that podcast. Correct. I I didn't read the comics, yeah. but I played the game. Yeah, and Monica, have you read the comics by chance? I haven't. But if we're talking okay. about, um, is this the scene where like Batman like hurts Joker basically? Well, basic no. The, Superman does. Yeah, Superman kills oh, okay. Joker. Yeah, Superman punches okay. through his chest and kills him. <laughs> okay, that's... See, yes. I haven't read them, but yeah, I am familiar with it. So, so yeah, that's basic, okay. Yeah, basically Joker tricks uh, Superman into accidentally killing Lois Lane. And Lois Lane was also pregnant. And so uh. he comes back... Then he comes back to Earth and punches a hole in Joker's chest. Yeah, because then made, from there, the, the Joker made yeah. Batman th- or made Superman think that Lois was Doomsday, and he took Doomsday out into space, right? Yeah, who we thought was her. Doomsday, but it was actually Lois Lane, and it suffocated her and killed her. The bastard. Yeah. Oh, I know. It was. It was. And then from that point forward, everybody was like, "Oh crap!" You know, even Batman was like, "We got to get out of here." You know, because from that point forward, he just he reshapes. He he becomes what batman was most afraid of you know is this right, ultimate right. you know That's ruler awesome. of the planet so anyway so i i, I felt like I, I could justify it now i don't know do y'all know who movie bob is i have no. not heard of movie bob okay movie bob is uh he used to be on the escapist and a couple other uh now he's on geek.com i think he does a systematic breakdown of why batman versus superman is so bad um <laughs> And he's, you know, he's he comes at it from, uh, he obviously is biased, but he also comes at it from an educated film perspective. So it's not just a guy ranting about how bad it is. He's like chapter and verse why, and talking about it from a, from a, a professional film perspective, why it's bad. You know, he, he destroys them on how they treated Jimmy Olsen, you know, uh, and just on on fundamental little things that that they just the tone was wrong and the and the fundamental reason behind some of the things they did just had to be wrong because it doesn't make sense in the context. Right. Uh, so anyway, you know, of all the movies, it's really to me it's really close to being as forgettable as Suicide Squad. It's like like I I watched it and I enjoyed it, but it's it's the equivalent to me of Transformers. Now, which one was Suicide Squad? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, but it, but Batman vs Superman to me was like was it like a Transformers movie, whereas a lot of spectacle and a lot of things happened, but I couldn't rem- I couldn't tell you the plot really, other than Batman's really mad at Superman for some reason, and yeah, yeah I see your point. <laughs> you know, and then 
And then at the end, you know, it wasn't like Wonder Woman, which seemed to me to be akin to Iron Man. You know, maybe the first Iron Man, where you kind of get a, a wonderful origin story. Yeah, it was a good origin story, and and I and I felt that it wrapped itself up nicely. That if you didn't see any other movie in the universe, just like the Iron Man movies, then you'd be fine. You know, and you would right, you right. enjoy that movie. And so I was like really hopeful after that that they would get Justice League right, and I really and I did enjoy. I went in open minded, and I enjoyed it uh, even more than I thought I would. Yeah, it, it definitely helped that I didn't talk to Paul. Well, you know, I talked to Paul, but I didn't listen to what he was saying about the movie. Because, <laughs> you know, he saw it, you know, he saw it like opening night or whatever, and I waited till Sunday to see it. Um, yeah. So it definitely helped that I didn't know anything about the movie going in. So, because um, I had low expectations for the film. So, yeah. Which is really yeah. sad and to I, say because I love those characters so much. Batman's my favorite. Batman's my favorite too. <laughs> High five. High five. High five. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I just went in with low expectations, but I mean, I wouldn't say I was blown away, but I was like, I walked out of there with a smile on my face. I was like, okay, that was kind of a fun movie. Very pleasant. I don't really, yeah. I don't really blame Ben Affleck because he can only work with what he's given. You right. know what I mean? He is a phenomenal actor. So I think he's a great Batman. I do too. And I think, like I think, I'm still really loyal to Michael Keaton, guys. I just want you guys. To I, know. you cannot go wrong. You cannot go wrong. I would love to see Michael Keaton come back and play like Dark Knight Returns, Batman. Oh, yeah, crazy old Batman. <laughs> it would be good. I can see that working. Yeah, but Lego Batman, Will Arnett, is really starting to warm up my heart. Like I'm really feeling very drawn to Will Arnett. Well, every, yeah, man. every iteration is every iteration because like uh, Kevin Conroy's like next to Michael Keaton to me as like Batman because he's yeah. the voice of Batman, you know, in the animated series. But then you've got Will Arnett, who is a different take on Batman. And in the in, in the Batman movie, <laughs> the Batman Lego movie was fantastic. I loved it. <laughs> It was fantastic. So much. <laughs> I laughed. I laughed as hard in that one as I did in the Lego movie. You know, so the thing that I really liked about that Batman movie, though, the Lego Batman movie, was that it was like a geek fest because you had yes. all these different, like you know, Lego Dimension characters, all these different fandoms, like in one Batman movie, and I just Ooh. was blown away by it. <laughs> you had villains from Batman's past that you never even thought you would ever see. <laughs> Ever. Yeah, and they, I think they did it on purpose. You yeah, they're like, the you don't believe here. this one's real? Look them up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I was laughing. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, that's all. That's all that's been going on with me. How <laughs> 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 we can digress and and derail this conversation? Yeah, I we'll love it. Here to talk about. <laughs> so exactly, we, we were here to talk about how bad Transformers is. Um. <laughs> so today's topic i kind of wanted to just touch base there there's something i saw on the internet um it's been going on for the last couple weeks uh they made the announcement oh it's probably a couple months ago with doctor who about the new doctor who um the new doctor i guess is the best way to say it. i'm not really a doctor who fan so i don't really know how to describe the character but um i guess for the last however many years that show's been out what 60 years whatever it's been a male character. 
four. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, the main character is going to be a female. And there has been a lot of backlash on the internet. Um, so kind of what I wanted to just discuss today was just kind of the the negative fandom that's been going on and how it's been hurting properties and fandoms and stuff. So, um, Monica, you're like our resident Doctor Who expert. I am. Oh, yeah. yeah. Would you like to shed light on this? Yeah. Um, first and foremost, I kind of want to say that, like, yeah, some of the loud voices have been negative, but there's also been a lot, a lot of positive reaction to, like, the the 13th doctor being a woman i've seen so many people already like day one running to jump and cosplay her outfit and sourcing it me included because the minute they revealed her her costume that she'll be wearing on the show that day i was sourcing like um you know where to get stuff that looked like it you know so that i could build my cosplay and i was so excited and i'm part of a community of different like cosplayers who feel the same way so on my side i see a lot of the love for the doctor but god forbid you go on twitter or one of the doctor who groups on the internet like especially like the larger groups that have like a thousand members and things like that um there are some really nasty things being said. Um, there's a lot of sexualizing the doctor. There's a lot of um, just hate for the fact that she's a woman. Um, there's a lot of like people talking about just, um, you know, how the show's over, how they've ruined it and things like that. And it really kind of makes it very sour. It was the same way when, um, you know, like, with every incarnation of the doctor, I feel like people get really, really nasty. Like, you know, some of the certain fans get really nasty about, um, you know, like Capaldi was too old. Matt Smith was too ugly. Like so many different things that they, you know, that people complain about. Mm -hmm. And, um, I feel that overall as a whole, um, people have responded pretty well. And especially after you, you know, go through the show and watch and become attached to the characters and the storylines. Um, people are pretty okay with it, but the first reactions are always really bad. And it kind of starts like this fight of like one group defending it, another group, like not defending it. And if you watch Dr. Who and you're kind of like one of those really angry people, it kind of like makes me feel like they're missing the point mm -hmm. of the entire right, show. Right. Um, but, like, for example, where I see the most toxic type of fandom behavior is in the cosplay community for Doctor Who. Because, like, um, because the show sources their clothes from regular stores like Topshop, Nordstrom's, Urban Outfitters, H&M, it is very possible for you to own the screen accurate clothing that they wear on the show which mm. is very exciting for cosplayers and right. people like me and um you know my friends as soon as we see filming photos we're going to like the known places where you know doctor who designers shop at and we you know we're looking for the items and you know sometimes we're lucky and we can find the screen accurate stuff you know but if you actually doctor who is one of the only fandoms where there's actually a tag like a hashtag for screen accurate. And so when you look up the screen accurate hashtag, it's only, it's almost always only Doctor Who stuff. Yeah. And when that happens, it kind of creates like a, like an elitist type feeling 
oh, your outfit's not screen accurate. Oh, your outfit's not like you don't have the actual shirt from Topshop. Oh, you don't have the actual coat from this person or this person or you don't have like because because you can actually order the fabric that some of the, you know, designers use. Mm -hmm. And so like for make, their, their oh, custom makeup. Yeah. Yeah, and so, um, you know, some people order the fabrics, and it creates this, like, elitism where, like, you know, they, like, you can see it on Instagram, you can see it on the cosplay forums, where people are literally just saying, well, that's not screen accurate, or that's not this, or that's not that, and it's, like, defeating the point of what is great about Doctor Who, you know, yeah. for me, as long as something is recognizable, then that's good enough for me, but it kind of takes the fun out of cosplay when you have all these, um... Like, when I started cosplaying about five or six years ago, it was always exciting, like, to go to a con and, you know, see all my friends and dressed up and, like, you would find your new friend based on, like, their Doctor Who costume. And it could yeah. be totally cheesy from a thrift store or homemade or whatever, but there was this feeling of, like, oh, this is my community. We're all fans of this great show. And over the last couple of years, I've seen, like, a decrease in cosplay of Doctor Who and more of a, like, oh, well, if it's not screen accurate, I don't want to wear it because people are going to talk shit or, excuse my language. Or oh, my God, you me. said shit? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mom. I try not to say anything. Shit's but cool. it's, it makes me really upset, like, where, you know, certain girls won't come out in, like, a Clara Oswald cosplay because it's not screen accurate. or They're embarrassed of what they've made because these other popular girls have the actual screen accurate, you know, worn item. Yeah. That's where I've yeah. seen the most toxic behavior. It's just people, you know, being rude to other cosplayers because they don't have what's screen accurate. I don't think that's exclusive either to that, you know, I mean, I think that, uh, Star Wars isn't above it. Uh, I think the 501st, even though I'm not a, a part of it, it is one of those things where you, if it isn't screen accurate, you don't even get in. So you can't. Uh, and, you know, there are all these costuming uh, websites where you can purchase armor, like, say, the, the Stormtrooper's armor. Well, you would be surprised right. how much, how much, or how far off those Star Wars costumes that they're selling are from the actual, and it's like little things like paint and the the diameter of the uh, the the stripe down the helmet, how it may be off by a sixteenth of an inch or something, and it's not screen accurate, you know, or it's misplaced or whatever, you know, it's off by two or three inches on the helmet. And, well, we uh, had a really oh sorry, no go go ahead. We had a really bad experience with um, a member of the five hundred first and. As a group, the 501st is really great. But, you know, you have those individuals. And uh, we went to a midnight screening of The Empire Strikes Back. It was like an anniversary screening. And as a fun idea, my boyfriend decided to just dress regularly but put on his Bubba Hit helmet. Yeah. And he yeah. took my son's little play Bubba Fit gun, you know, just for fun to be at the event, you know, and just to kind of be funny. And when we got there, there was a lot of people dressed in cosplay. And one guy came up to him and he goes, you're and started complaining about his gun. And he's like, Oh, it's my kid's gun. You know, like, I just, you know, he's like, I'm not yeah. even that huge of a Star Wars fan. I'm just, you know, out here for the event. 
And all of a sudden, the guy just starts talking about, like, you should have spray painted it. You should have done this. You should have done that. And, you know, my boyfriend's being polite. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I totally, I get it. And he was like, it's just stupid, man. Like, that's really dumb. You should not have come out with that. That's, yeah. And it, that would have been all put Yeah, like, if you... I mean, he wasn't really interested in, you know, Star Wars cosplay, but if he had been, that would have been a huge turnoff for him. And it would have been something that he wouldn't have wanted to do. Well, I mean, and that's that, again, like you said, defeats the purpose. You know, the purpose of this is to kind of share in the love of something that everybody, you know, uh, a, a mutual love that you have for something. And and express it by, you know, wearing a costume and, and, you know, and that's. I think it's important that you do have those people that kind of are advocates for wearing what you want. And because, and, like, I'll, I'll tell you what, and, and I know this is somewhat related to this topic, but that's one thing that I love about Comic Cons um, is that you have people who, you know, are of like mind and everybody's here to kind of enjoy the same thing. And that is like this shared interest in a particular geek culture. And you, everybody's kind of being themselves and it's generally a safe place to be that way, you know? And I love that, man. You get to, people are so happy and they're there just really enjoying this opportunity to dress up like their favorite anime character or Star Wars character or whatever. And it's not weird. And, and some of these people don't fit in anywhere else. And this right. is one of those times where it's just cool to be themselves. And man, I love it, man. It, it makes me really happy to see that. And it really... It really makes me sad when people like that that individual that was rude to your to your boyfriend that and giving him a hard time or giving him hell over a, a toy gun, you know. Um, I'd pop a knot on his head, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so how how does this toy gun feel when I smack you? Uh, <laughs> so violence you know, violence, guys. <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing. I, I I feel like that again. I I don't know for sure, but that individual probably he probably did. would have deserved it. He was super obnoxious. <laughs> well, and he he may not he may not he may not know any other way to do it. You know that he may because, like I said, a lot of individuals that that uh, express themselves this way maybe aren't the most socially capable. You know that's true. And, and so it could be a matter of like not knowing or being able to filter yourself or being socially awkward. Yeah, and and I think that's probably had a lot to do with it. And you know, this is something that uh, you know, and and, and 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 there's no way to know for sure, but that's what I would have suspected. But you know, I wanted to bring up something that has to do with cosplay, but it's back to this idea of the toxic fandoms. What do you what are y'all's opinion on on changing gender or changing even the race like do you have to be asian to be jubilee oh that's so dumb sorry (laughs) well that's what i'm that's i mean i i feel like it's a good question only because so many people are upset or up in arms if you decide you want to be the female thor or uh if you want to you know gender swap or even race swap something they're like you can't. You just can't do that because. And and my personal opinion is, is if you're not seeing any difference between you and that person, then I feel like everything w- that we wanted to achieve through that character was achieved. If you don't see any difference in yourself and the Black Panther, and you want to dress as a Black Panther, and you're my white son, I'm. I I, f- I find that to be 
the epitome of why all of this matters to me. Oh my god, that's you you make such a good point because like when for example, Doctor Who um recently in this last season, they had a companion named Bill Potts who was, you know, black on the show. And uh, people kept saying, well, I can't cosplay her because it's, like, socially unacceptable, like, for example, for, like, a white girl to cosplay her because, you know, it would be, you know, like, you know, I get a lot of backlash not because, you know, it'd be, like, making fun of her or something like that. I'm like, unless you're going out there with, like, blackface, then I don't see any problem with, you know, cosplaying her. She has a fro and tons of people went out and bought their wigs you know, they're, they're Afros and, and they looked amazing, you know? And for me, I was one of those people that went out and cosplayed her. I'm Hispanic, you know? Um, and I didn't care, you know, I just wanted to celebrate a character that I really enjoyed and that I really liked. And it was the same thing. I'm like, well, I'm Hispanic and I really like the character Rose Tyler and I'm currently working on my Rose Tyler cosplay. So because she's white, I can't cosplay her. Like that just seems so unfair. And I think, no matter the race, like, if you really love a character, you should be able to express your love for them and dress up like them. I don't think yeah. it's, like, insulting. I think it's it's a form of showing your love and showing that an equality of, like, I can dress up as any character because I love this character, not because I yeah. look like this character. Well, and I, I think that, um, you know, even though there's kind of a precedent in the comic books, if you had, like, say, a, a black man that wanted to dress as Captain America or a young or, you know, a black child that wanted to dress as Captain America, and I would find that to be fantastic because that's kind of the, I think, maybe the best equivalent we would have to maybe Black Panther um, right. is Captain America. He's about as white bread as it gets. Um, right. Cornbread, white know, guy. And, yeah, pretty much. I mean, just, you know, he's kind of Superman almost. And Superman would be a good character, you know, a good example as well, you know, because there's just no other version of him in the comics. There's no John Stewart or Hal Jordan, you know. There's right. Superman. There's so, Hank Henshaw. Oh, I don't even know who that is. Steel. Yeah. Shaquille O'Neal still. Shaquille. <laughs> oh, is that who that is? Well, I mean, that was the real Superman character, but... Sorry. Bad joke. I mean, representation is really, really important. Oh, not John, you know, John Henry. I was going to say, John that, Henry, I do know. Yeah. One of the things that made me so happy in the Star Wars franchise was the movie Rogue One and what a diverse cast it had. Mm-hmm. And representation is so, so important. But I think on top of that, like, no matter who the character, what race they are, also celebrating those characters and dressing up with them is a huge tribute to them. And I don't think that, you know, people should get up in arms about somebody loving a character. Well, I'm kind of glad you brought up Rogue One because that's actually one of the other movies that I was going to talk about where the lead character is um, Felicity Jones, um, female actress, and a lot of Star Wars fans went up in arms talking about how they didn't think it was right that... um, Disney decided to make two movies in a row with a female lead. Um, okay, but they can make not? a million movies in a row with the male lead? Like, right. I so, should be offended that they were male leads the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so so that was the thing? I didn't even know that was the thing. Yeah, that was one of the one of the big complaints was that 
oh my god, you know, here we are. We have a second Star Wars movie of this new, you know, this new Star Wars movie, and it's a female lead. Um, you know what I really appreciate about the Star Wars movies is that yes, they do have female leads, but in no way does it make any of the other men in the movie seem like less capable. Like right. everybody just holds their own weight, and it doesn't matter gender or race or it's you know it's very similar to Wonder Woman. I felt that way with with that movie where like everybody was just carrying their own weight regardless yeah. of gender. I, I really wanted them to not have a love story in Wonder Woman, but that's another topic. Um, yeah. But well, that's I, what I, I love about Rogue One. There was no love story except for the love right. of the universe and the greater good and like a general right, and, sense of love. And I thought Diego, it's Diego's his name, right? Diego Luna. Yeah, I love him. He's great in that movie. And actually, he's he's actually my favorite character in that movie. Um, I feel like he's got the best story arc um but i felt like those are two two great female leads and when i got done watching it the fact that there was a female lead was about the the 10th or 15th thing that i would have even mentioned and probably wouldn't have mentioned it unless somebody else brought it up you know okay. you didn't even notice it you just have a lead and the lead character the main character of the movie is very interesting I think I'm going to post a picture of one of my Star Wars shirts that I got for Christmas last year. And um, my boyfriend got it for me. I thought it was very sweet, you know, because he knows I love Star Wars. But I noticed yeah. that on that picture, there is no female on the picture anywhere, like on the T-shirt. Mm -hmm, you yeah. have Harkin on it. You have Obi-Wan. There's actually not a Skywalker on the picture either. Han Solo and Chewie. And, you know, but... You have like a random stormtrooper in there, but there's actually no female like on the actual. Well, Star well hey, the, stormtrooper was. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say that stormtrooper might have been a female. Oh uh, yeah, I guess maybe. <laughs> 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 but yeah, like I, but I noticed that with a lot of t-shirts that unless it's like Princess Leia scantily clad. I can't really find a lot of like I can't find a lot of Princess Leia t-shirts, or I can't find a lot of like. Um, Ray a little bit more this time around, but when Rogue One came out, I couldn't find a lot of Felicity Jones shirts. Mm -hmm. And not because she was a woman did I want to wear them, but because I really love those characters. Right, right. Yeah, that stinks. I didn't know that either. And and I, I feel like when you having a daughter, a lot of issues that I didn't know were issues have come to light. <laughs> You, right? uh, you don't realize the disparity um, not being a woman. There's so many things I didn't know were an issue. Well, like um, some, some of the tweets. I mean, it's like one tweet. And, th you know, these are over a year old, so just bear in mind. But, you know, it says, after after watching The Force Awakens in the new Rogue One trailer, I wonder if Disney's turning Star Wars into a fem feminist movement. And then, like, yeah. another one says, again, with the girl main character, may be done with the Star Wars movies from here on. Uh, LOL looks like another Disney princess movie. Not really surprised by it. If anything really does prove the real Star Wars is dead. So, you know, there was there was people legitimately upset. I don't know why. I don't even know if you should say legitimately. But they were upset um, over yeah. this over this casting choice. Um, and that's just crazy. Um, another, you know, another thing that people got upset over was when Wonder Woman came out, they had a male or a female only screening of the movie. And there was a bunch of men on the internet crying like little babies about this one screening of Wonder Woman. 
<laughs> that was only really? open for female uh, for females to go see. There was also the same issue with Bad Moms, where girls were organizing this huge like uh, Bad Moms. Let's go out and uh, you know party and have a girls' night type thing. Leave the kids and the husbands at home, mm-hmm. and people were really up in arms about that. So, wow. You know, and I, and I don't want to turn this into a men and against women episode, but I mean, it's just th- things like this is th- this is where I'm talking about the fandom, I think, needs to needs to step back and take a look at what's going on. You know, um, I was yeah. listening to another podcast the other day, and one of the things they talked about was uh, they actually talked about uh, this as a as a subject. And they said, uh, you know, fortunately for us, you know, and I'm a white male. Um, I've had a lot of representation in movies over the many, many years of my life. I'm not going to say how old I am, but you know, (laughs) over the many years of my life, I had a lot of white male role models to look up to. And now in this day and age, we're starting to see a lot more movies where other representation starting to come out. You know, black Panther is getting ready to come out in February. Let those guys, you know, let, let, let the people who respect and love black Panther be excited to see somebody that represents them on screen. Instead of right. making fun of it or bashing it because, you know, it's not, it's not, you know, a white male on screen, you know? So, yeah. I don't well, know. And it's so funny. Um, I saw a tweet um, right when Wonder Woman come out, came out and I wish I had it available so I could say it verbatim. But it was pretty, it was a pretty big tweet. It went viral. And it was a woman who came out of the movies and she was like, man, she goes, I understand why white males are so confident. I saw one female movie, Wonder Woman, and I came out thinking I could fight 12 guys. Yeah. yeah. So it's just that feeling of like when you see yourself on screen, um, somebody on the Temple of Geek team last year posted about um, the uh, on Instagram. I saw they put a post up about you know, how important Diego Luna's character was because he didn't lose his Mexican accent Yeah, in the movie and how, like, people went to see that. And one guy in particular took his father and said, uh, yeah. you know, you know, they took I, his father. I said something his father about was that. Like, was that you? Yeah, I think that may have been me. Yeah, and, you know. Yeah, and it made me cry. Like, I cried right. when I read the, when I, yeah. I did too. I shared it. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, you know, this man's uh, father was so confused and also excited that, you know, somebody on screen looked like him and sounded like him. And he was like one of the leads. And they didn't make him change his accent or, you know, change anything about him. He got to be, you know, a version of himself on screen. And that was really important. Yeah. No, I thought that was just one of the coolest things and that's why he's one of my favorite characters in that movie just because i i did not know of him before that and uh i yeah i never thought twice about the fact that he had a strong accent um because it wasn't distracting or anything not like your box is falling in the background (laughs) oh sorry about that (laughs) wasn't distracting or anything like that it wasn't distracting like the tupperware that just fell over um (laughs) But uh, here at the Temple of Geek, we we also have to live our lives while we podcast. (laughs) Exactly. If you hear my children, I apologize now. (laughs) Um, But anyway, yeah. So, I mean, he was just one of my favorite characters. And I really 
enjoyed it and and uh and then when i read that article i was like man that, i mean it was just really moving because i it was something i never thought of like no. that yeah. you know so but anyway. you know i, I don't know I, I guess it's just the way i am i mean i don't like when i saw rogue one first come out i didn't think oh my god here we go another female i thought oh my god here we go another star wars movie you know um i i just i don't understand what goes to these people's minds that they just have to freaking be negative so freaking much on the internet. Is it because the internet gives them a voice? I think that some is people, part of it. Yeah. I think some people well, just like to instigate too. Yeah. That's possible too. You know, some some people are not happy, some people are just but I, I think that this that ability to have a voice that you and you and it's unchecked. And you don't, there's no filter. No one's preventing you from telling the world that, you know, that you hate the fact that there's a woman lead. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It definitely well, has to do with it. That brings me to, um, like, when we're talking about unchecked things, is gaming. Now, I don't really game, um, but, you know, I my boyfriend and my son game and they stream their stuff on twitch and i watch and you know i'm very involved on in it and what i notice where my son complains the most is like for him like you know if somebody just gets mad at him for whatever reason like let's take overwatch for example they can report him for any silly reason and he ends up getting banned yep yeah one big flaw that like one of his friends who i told him is actually not his friend because a friend wouldn't do this to you but would get upset that he couldn't play because like say he had to do homework or he had to go outside or he just wanted to play a different game he didn't want to play overwatch he wanted to play like assassin's creed or something right this friend while he was offline would report him (laughs) so he would get the email and be banned for however many hours because he didn't play with his friend or you get the people that like you know are losing a match and then just drop out and they don't you know and the team loses or you know they all get penalized and you know i feel like this unchecked thing in gaming is really harsh that is harsh i i was not aware of that but also what they do they really do that you're like what well, and then he complains, like, because my, I have, he's 13, I have a six-year-old, and the six-year-old wants to watch him play. And yeah. he's like, and that, he tells him, Nathaniel, it's not appropriate for you. And I'm like, what do you mean it's not appropriate for him? And he's like, I'm playing Halo, and somebody just teabagged my character when it died, and, like, things like that. He's like, I don't want the little one to see that. And I'm like... And, you know, he's playing with, like, grown men sometimes. Yeah, and those yeah. grown men act yeah. like babies. And, you know, or, you know, they get into these, like, you know, rage fits. And I can hear it because, I'm you know, sometimes they're streaming and you can just see what's going on. Or even, like, um, you know, because I'll be on Twitch watching other gamers and you look at the comment section and... Like, the way they talk and they sexualize characters or they, like, you know, just some of the things they say, like, and I'm, like, I'm going to say this just so you know, like, how bad it is. But, like, there was a 
uh, a moment when like a Mercy character on Overwatch died, and they're like, "Oh, necrophile." Oh. And I'm just like, what? Who says things like that? Who can openly come out and say something on that? Like, yeah. People, um, people online have no filter. Again, I think it's that unchecked. You know, there's, uh, you know, and the disconnect that you're not in front of somebody, and there's no reper- repercussions immediately. Uh, that some people just don't, and they never learn. Like there was a time, not going to say how old I am either, Daniel. Um, but when you didn't have that option. And if you were to go up and say something like that in front of somebody who that offended, then you get hit upside the head with the toy gun again. I you know? agree. Right. And so there's a consequence. You're like, oh, that's socially unacceptable. Perhaps I don't right. say that again. You know? I, I learned something that- today. <laughs> I learned some I learned something today. Dogs yeah. don't lay eggs. Right, uh, don't yeah. yeah. And and unfortunately, like when you're hiding behind this screen, um, you know, they had that whole gamer gate thing where like, you know, oh, female yeah. gamers got, you know, death threats and all kinds of things and, you know, threats of rape and things like that. And I just can't believe how toxic something that's supposed to be fun can be. Right. And for my son, for example, who's thirteen, he's starting to say Oh, that's just the way it is. And I'm like, I don't want you to believe that. The real yeah. world is not like that. We shouldn't normalize that kind of, you know, negative uh, behavior. You know, because it, it, it may be more normal than it used to be, but I don't think it's normal. You know, it shouldn't no, be. Exactly. It shouldn't be. Now, this is going to date all of us here. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I think we're all about the same age. Um. Back in the day when we were in school, when we were when we were wee lads and laddie, laddies, <laughs> it wasn't socially accepted to be a geek. No. No, no it was not. No, it was not. Um, basically, if you had a fandom of something, like I was obsessed with Star Wars and Transformers when I was younger, but you didn't really talk about it at school unless you had that really good close friend that liked the same things you did, you know? But you kind of kept it on the down low. Um, right. Oh yeah, we tend we t- we as geeks as as kids, and I don't know about Monica or Stacy, but I know I did. I got picked on, I got bullied, stuff like that when I was younger. Um, yeah. you I was pretty, so I was okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I was with the cool kids. It does help. Yeah, but um, I couldn't talk about my geek. Yeah, well, where yeah. I'm, where I'm going with this is, is do you think that those people that were abused, basically, I mean, they were when they were younger are now finding a platform to where they could be the abuser. And oh, that's very interesting. It has happened. Yes, it has. Um, and, uh, but although I don't, I think, and, and I think that was an example uh, that Monica used, you know, where you had somebody who was kind of, now that it's more acceptable, could come up and, you know, ridicule yeah. someone who's, yeah. who's kind of halfway doing it. Whereas before, yeah. you wouldn't have left your house with uh, with the bucket on, much less half of a you know half a costume, much less a full costume. So, um, I mean, um, in high school and you know growing up, even as like early as college, I didn't really have an issue with like you know being made fun of or things like that because I was a popular girl, I was well liked, things like that. I didn't have a I didn't have a problem making friends or anything. Well, but I definitely. 
No, but I definitely, so I didn't see that kind of abuse, you know what I mean? But I yeah. definitely couldn't talk about my geek. Because when I started getting passionate and started talking about whatever it was, whether it be Harry Potter or, you know, Star Wars at the time and things like that, people would laugh and call me a dork. And right. that's something that stuck with me for a long time because I have friends that to this day refer to me as dork or my dork. Yeah, or dorky, yeah. you know, and um, and that's something that stuck with me. And I didn't try to take it personally. I tried to like, kind of like, wear it like a badge of honor type thing. But the minute that I started getting passionate or sharing that passion, it was literally shut down. And like, yeah, that's not okay. You're a big dork, and like, maybe let's not talk about this. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't have that like open platform. And the first time that I stepped into a convention, I was like, these are my people. Like, this is what I've been missing all my life. Yeah. Tears <laughs> running down her face going, I've come home. <laughs> yeah. It was very much like that. Um, but, like, so for me, because I didn't have, like, the abuse per se, I didn't have a platform to, like, speak about my geek, but I didn't right. have the abuse per se. I could say I came out of it unscathed, but I know that that is not the case for a lot of people. And I could see why they would, now that everybody likes... I don't know, a certain fandom, they could be like, oh, well, I liked it before it was cool or like have this elitism type, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, that, you know I'm glad you brought that up because that's something else that really annoys the crap out of me. You know, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like indie musicians. Right. You know, right. indie musicians. I'm really into this indie guy. He's, 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 he's hip. He's awesome. He's, he's my, he's my jam. The minute he goes mainstream and other people start liking him, I'm like, oh, man, that bastard sold out. Now I can't like it anymore. Right. Yes. Right. It makes no sense. Yeah. Why do it's people like, do well, that? That just means that you were right, that you you were right that this guy was awesome, and now other people yeah. are liking him. So, I mean, the same thing with movies. You know, I loved Star Wars when I was younger, and now that everybody else is on that same bandwagon, that just reaffirms my love for the show, that I was right when I was younger. This, this was an, an amazing series. And, and it's very much like that with books as well, where, you know, people will make fun of you for being a bookworm or this or that. And then a book gets really popular and people are like, oh, I don't like it anymore because everybody else reads it. And it was cool when only I read it or something right. like that. And I'm like, who are you to say that these people cannot share in your what you love? Like, that's not OK. <laughs> like, well, so you get to pick and choose who can like something. Exactly. No, I, I think that's a good point, and I think that there's another side to this that I think a lot of people don't necessarily consider, and that's, take for instance somebody who's really into fantasy sports, and they look at all the statistics, and they, you know, they deep dive into, you know, the, the offensive fantasy football league sports. or whatever. Yeah, and whatever, and so they are, they know more about that team and what's going on and what they're doing in the draft. I mean, they've done the research. It would it is literally to me no different than if you knew the expanded universe for the Star Wars. Um, and that you'd gone and you've read all these maybe more obscure stories and you can tell or anything, history or literature or anything. You know, you 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 just have this vast knowledge about a particular topic and whether you choose to be a nerd about fantasy sports or Harry Potter and or fantasy in general 
you know, I just don't see there being a difference. And, and I think people don't seem to equate the two, and I think that you should. Uh, no, I, I totally agree. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned that. Um, a long time ago, I saw a meme where somebody took a picture of a girl with the Harley Quinn suicide squad hair. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's a picture of her from behind sitting on a bus. And the meme says, like, just go watch the movie and go home. Like, you don't have to, like, you know, dress up and, you know, something like that. And, right. like, you know, I, and I remember I reposted that and I said something to the effect of, like, I can't do that. Like, I, you know, yeah. if I yeah. if I love something, I'm going to look like it or dress like it or, you know, celebrate it however I feel fit. And where, you know, yes, somebody can be really passionate about fantasy sports. It's still a little bit more acceptable. Oh, than for like, sure. It is. You know, than the geek, like, you know, genre or whatever. And I remember saying, like, if you can spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on jerseys, on tickets to games, on like, you know, saying, oh, my team won, my team this. I'm like, I didn't realize you played for the Dodgers. I didn't realize you played for the Lakers or whatever, you know. But they get so passionate. They said, my team, my team, this and that. And, you know, they spend so much money on these pay-per-view events and, you know, for WWE or whatever. And that seems like, okay, but because I spend a lot of money on convention tickets or cosplay or whatever, it's not as socially acceptable. But right. passion is passion. And you have a passion for... Everybody has a passion for something, hopefully. <laughs> right, yeah. I, so I completely I agree. Completely I, agree. And I, com- you know, I don't think... I think the, if there's a short-sightedness of people not equating the two and, and seeing that passion is passion and... Uh, you know, and what you're doing is not hurting anybody, and you enjoy it, and it is what makes you happy. And um, then, why should anybody else care or get up upset about it? Um, right. You know, if what you're doing's, you know, not offensive, uh, I don't know. I, I I don't understand the toxic fandom, uh, and it's and it takes positive people like I would, you know, like Monica, and and I would say all, you know, Temple of Geek that. Uh, and and other people in the community that that uh, kind of brush that of uh, those loud, the loud minority <laughs> of voices that that you know make all this noise about what they think and how they think they should shape geek culture. When uh, I don't think anybody should really have a say as to exactly what people should be able to do, and you do what makes you happy and right. be well, yourself. You know. Th- that's how I kind of want to end this episode is, you know, how, how does one combat this? You know, you just said, you know, basically just that, you know, people shouldn't be judging or stating what, what is and what isn't acceptable. Um, another thing I would totally recommend is just ignore it. I mean, I know it's hard to do, but you know, we're starting to get when, you know, Monica, not, not to bring this guy up, but when Monica posted that article about, uh, Dr. Who, you know, we started getting some negative comments on our Facebook page about that. So I got a lot of views. I was surprised, but it was a lot of negative ones too. <laughs> Yay! We got lots of views. Yeah. Good. Well, Thanks. and you know, I know that some people cannot escape it, and they need to find a way to kind of like, you know, navigate in their world of negativity. Because some people are just unfortunately stuck in the negativity, and you know, they're somebody who 
you know, fangirl or fanboy over like a particular thing. I recently found this podcast called uh, Your Biggest Fangirl Podcast. And they have a blog. And on one of the blogs, they wrote an, like a little article about like how to fangirl like a pro. And it, a lot of it like stated just general like, you know, it's it sounds like common sense to like certain people. Like the first one is like hide your crazy. And, you know, it might sound like, you know, they're telling you to, like, you know, don't show off your your fandom yeah. or, you know, this or that. Right. But it is a good way to navigate in a world where you're not, like, fully accepted yet, mm. you know? And yeah. it was very, it, it had some good tips about, like, how to, you know, how to dress and, it, like, geeky at work and things like that and still come out and be proud of your geek but not go overboard to the point where somebody might ridicule you or make you feel bad or, you know, things like that. And so not yeah. everybody, I wish I could say like, you know what, just go out and do what you love and this and that. But unfortunately we don't live in a world that, that could have some bad, you know, repercussions for somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I, I let my geek flag fly. I don't <laughs> care. I don't care who knows it. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't. I I know that I did. I know that there was a time when I, when I did, and and it. I was an athlete, so I, you know, yes. growing up, I didn't have. Stacy was a much closet a, geek. I was. I <laughs> so truly was. I. was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and like on the weekends, me and my buddies would play tabletop gaming, or, you know, have Mario Kart tournaments, or I'd spend nine hours playing Final Fantasy seven, or eight, or nine, and. uh you know, and and, but but that's not something I talked to anybody about at school, and and it wasn't until much later when I just got to where I didn't care what people thought anymore, and if I wanted to, you know, wear a Star Wars T-shirt, and a, I teach in Star Wars T-shirts and sport in a sport coat now, you know, that's that's pretty much my my uniform at work nice. as a professor, you know, yeah, so or a Green Lantern shirt or or something that just expresses. What I'm a fan of. Uh, Ooh, you're gonna yeah. like my my future. Uh, one of the articles coming out about geek fashion. <laughs> Sweet, sweet. So Stace, yeah, Stacy, get some fashion tips. <laughs> I feel whatever I can do. I mean, my socks, my sock game is on point. So, <laughs> um, I got a I got a pair of uh, Wonder Woman socks that I really bought for my daughter, but I ended up wearing them. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, well do y'all have any final thoughts before we wrap up this episode I just want to wish people out there who don't have you know the fortune that some of us had to be able to fly our geek flags high I hope that they do find it somewhere and they can find a community where they feel at home yeah I, I agree I not to worry about what other people say do you know uh, express yourself and and uh, champion whatever your geek cause is, however you see fit, and be happy uh, with yourself. So, um, and try to stay away from the negative. And don't do drugs. <laughs> As Deadpool would say, yes. And maybe don't indulge in the negatives, no? Hugs, not drugs. Hugs, Hugs, not, not, not drugs. drugs. <laughs> and on that note, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Temple of Geek podcast. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on Facebook or Twitter by using the handle Temple of Geek. Do you want to check out some of our other episodes or shows? Why don't you head over to templeofgeek.com? There you'll find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek. 
Thank you for joining us for this episode. I've been Daniel. This is Monica. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit TempleofGeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.